What's up, everybody? It's your boy Frank Rouse coming to you live one side above nine uh, on the Frank Rouse Streaming Network. And if you were paying attention last Monday, I let everybody know that we have a new member uh, to the Frank Rouse Streaming Network on our live news desk, and that is the legendary Lilac Boots running the Scroll Live podcast. So if you're here now, you're going to see the first official episode be recorded. Now, don't forget subscribe on Spotify or whatever podcast you listen to because um, that's where it's mainly going to go. This is just a special recording live version of the scroll so you can kind of see how it goes. So I bring to you, I present to you, without further ado, the host of the scroll, and no drum roll because I forgot to add it to my sound effect, <laughs> but a lot like Boots. What's up, Boots? Hi, everybody. What's up? What's going on? This is your show now. Yeah. I had to do my little intro. But uh, from here on out, it's all you. So I'm going to sit back. All right. Um, hey, everybody. So for those of you that have been following my podcast, um, I just basically need to announce that now I'm a part of Frank's streaming network. So uh, you may hear him more often, or you may see my face on Twitch as well, for those who are just listening. Um, and that's really about it. Ready to get started? Of course. Alright. So, um, first thing we're going to talk about is um, about Outriders. So, the whole thing about um, Outriders um, is that it came out on Microsoft's Game Pass um, when it first um, came out last week. And the thing about that is now they're talking about, I think we talked about this last week, where um, how um, having that on subscription service is going to make everything uh, change. So Kotaku reported this. Um, they said, uh, Outriders came out last week on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, Slash S, and PC. It also immediately came to Microsoft's Game Pass, adding yet another big new game to the subscription service's already impressive library. Meanwhile, PS Now users can get excited to play last year's mediocre Avengers game in just for a few months. It's yet another data point that shows Sony needs to do more to make PS Now better. In Sony's defense, the company has improved PS Now since launching it back in 2014 as a streaming-only platform, similar to the more recent Google Stadia. At the time, it had a small library, laggy streams, and a terrible rental system that charged players in pricey increments. It was really bad. Most folks tried it once using their free trial and bailed, but following that terrible launch, it slowly improved. In 2016, Sony got rid of the bad rental system. In 2017, the company added PS4 games. 2018 saw it add the ability to download certain PS4 games and have the monthly price to $10. While these are all changes for the better, it's clear Sony's subscription streaming service stood as a measure up to Microsoft's Game Pass. Adding Marvel's The Avengers to the service now just throws a spotlight on its deficiencies. Uh, for starters, all big first-party Xbox games launch on Game Pass Day and date with their retail release. Nearly all previously released first-party Xbox One games are now on Game Pass 2. Meanwhile, Sony's first-party titles don't hit PS Now on release, and many never come to the service at all. When they do, they tend to then depart PS Now after only a few months. If you have Game Pass Ultimate, you also gain access to a wide swath of Electronic Arts games as part of EA Play. Game Pass Ultimate is more expensive than PS Now at $15 a month, but that extra 5 bucks gets you a lot, including Xbox Live Gold, which comes 
with monthly free games itself, Game Pass PC titles, and discounts on all DLC for Game Pass games. And with Microsoft's recent acquisition of Bethesda, Game Pass will also be getting new Fallout, Doom, and Elder Scrolls games at launch, adding to a large list of past Bethesda titles already on the service. Outside of first party exclusive, which to be frank, Microsoft has precious few of these days, Game Pass keeps grabbing up third party games at launch. Outriders hit the service the same day and went on sale. A host of smaller indie games have also launched on Game Pass. Maybe the wildest example of a big title launching on Game Pass is MLB The Show 21, a game published by PlayStation Studios. When it lands later this month, it will be free to Game Pass subscribers on Xbox. Over on PlayStation, it is unlikely the game will launch on PS Now or PS Plus. So to reiterate, the Microsoft operated Game Pass service is even stealing Sony's thunder on a game Sony publishes. Impertinent, it's clear that Sony is playing catch up at this point and the numbers confirm this. In January, Microsoft announced it had 18 million Game Pass subscribers. Sony confirmed last year that PS Now has just over 2 million subscribers. Uh, pretty bad when you remember that the service launched back in 2014. While all these facts seem to favor Microsoft, there's more to the story. For example, Sony is and has been beating Microsoft in exclusives and console sales. Games like The Last of Us Part 2, God of War, Days Gone, Horizon Zero Dawn, Ghost of Tsushima, Uncharted 4, and many others are reliably huge hits that garner critical acclaim. Sony doesn't need to add them to a subscription service at launch because millions of people are willing to pony up the dough each time a new PS4 or PS5 exclusive hits the market. Likewise, even without a subscription service as good or as fully featured as Game Pass, Sony has still been able to sell a lot of PlayStation 5s. So it's easy to argue that PlayStation as a brand doesn't need something like Game Pass to be successful. I'm not sure I could argue the same thing for Xbox. Still, it's strange to see a big Sony published game hop over to Game Pass at launch while all the stagnating PS Now servers can muster is stuff like Marvel's The Avengers. Considering how successful PS Plus has been for Sony, it seems like the best course of action would be to merge the two into a Game Pass Ultimate type op offering. Of course, that's assuming Sony even wants or needs to compete with Game Pass at the moment. I'm not sure it does, uh, but if it does, it needs to do a lot more. I looked at the pricing of uh, Game Pass and Sony for a year. Mm -hmm. It's like for both of them, if you get now and you get and you, if you get PlayStation Now and PS Plus, PS Plus is six dollars a year. PS Now is like I think like a hundred bucks a year or something like that. Okay, hundred sixty bucks for both of them. If, Nintendo, if Sony was just like, you know what, give us a hundred dollars a year, and you can get game, you get the PS Now and PS Plus. They would beat Microsoft in the head and get everybody back with their right. subscriber base. But the issue isn't so much pricing. It's also you gotta have like something on there that people want to play too. Like content for the content for PS Now, while it's fun to play retro games, retro being like PS3 and PS4. Right. Uh let me throw some old super classics on it. Like drop Tenchu on that bitch and let me go get it. Cause I get it. If you start dropping old PS2 titles, I'll definitely take a look into PS Now because a lot of those titles can't play now because they're grown, but they were like that's like that's a really good age for gaming. So right, it would be nice like if, if you know you don't want to bolster up your current library, go get everything from back then that was already released, remastered, and dropped on PS now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're probably licensing issues is why they can't do it, but you know here we go. I don't. I don't really think it's even that. I think it's more like they don't need to do what Xbox is doing. Right. 
you know, because, you know, they've sold so well with their um, exclusives and everything. Um, I don't think they really need to. That's probably why they decided to just have, a, you know, Avengers on their PS Plus service because, I mean, they don't really need to do a subscription service thing like Microsoft. Um, yeah, I don't really see why they would have to. It'd be nice. Um, but I think Xbox is doing what they're doing because they just... As far as I mean, exclusive wise, they kind of they don't compare, and I'm this is someone that has an Xbox, so you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I mean, it's a it's kind of a big deal that the baseball game that Sony's been like producing in house for years is on Game Pass at launch. But if you really think about it, it ain't because it's still Sony. Like at the end of the day, it's still Sony's game. Mm-hmm. Like they're still their baseball. Like they no, you're not you can't get away from that. So. At the end of the day, they make the better game. They make they've been making the better games for a while. First mm-hmm. party, so if you're going to get an Xbox, get an Xbox. Get an Xbox get an Xbox. They're all the same. Yeah, you like what you like. So, um, I'll touch back on that later because um, there's actually some more information regarding the games that they're not they're getting rid of. So I'll get to that later. Um, next, um, so this is about E3, um. They've officially announced that they're going to be all digital. So, uh, following the cancellation of 2020's event due to COVID and much rumor and speculation regarding this year's iteration of what was once the most important video game trade show in the world, uh, the Entertainment Software Association today announces E3 2021, a free all-digital event running June 12th through the 15th. Uh, Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactive, Warner Brothers Games, and Kosh, Kosh, excuse me, Media are already slated to participate. Uh, the good news is everybody gets to go to E3 this year for free. The other good news is nobody needs to fly across the country or around the world to participate in the annual LA-based <laughs> sweat fest that is E3. Instead, we'll all be sitting comfortably at home or at work watching our screens as we always do. Only now our screens will have the official E3 logo on them instead of the logos of the two dozen or so digital events created last year to fill the void left by the cancellation of E3 2020. Um, Those other events will still happen, but we'll also have E3 2021, a show that will connect developers and publishers digitally with fans around the world. The official ESA announcement doesn't hit at what such a digital show will look like. We're guessing there will be a lot of trailers and pre-filmed interviews with industry insiders. Whichever form the Great Destroyer takes, Kotaku has confirmed that the event will be completely free for attendees, with no elements whatsoever locked behind a paywall. For more than two decades, E3 has been the premier venue to showcase the best that the video game industry has to offer, while uniting the world through games, um, said Stanley Pierre-Louis, President and CEO of the ESA via press release. We are evolving this year's E3 into a more inclusive event but will still look to excite the fans with major reveals and insider opportunities that will make this event the indispensable center stage for video games. <clears throat> I mean, E3 is on its way out anyway. It doesn't make sense. It, like, originally, when it was legitimately electronic, mm-hmm. like gadgetry and stuff, great. But then when it became the video game show, alright, everything I could get at E3 was going to be on IGN the next day or somewhere on YouTube, but I know how to find it on Sony's website. Mm-hmm. So, what do I really need E3 for if all the news is going to break anyway? Like, it's, at this point, it's kind of obsolete with as much information you can get and as how much people are trying to break stuff from the source themselves. 
So, I mean, I love E3 as a concept, but I think it's dead, dying, slowly. Take it out back behind the woodshed. Put it to sleep for good. Um, I think that's maybe like 50% true, only because um, not every um, developer that was at E3 had enough money to not need E3. Like, obviously, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo don't need E3. But right. there's a lot of other developers, like, a lot of indie people, too, that probably still want to show their stuff at E3. Well, you gotta remember, there's also PAX, Penny Arcade Expo, mm-hmm. where it's like, they can, they can always showcase at other companies' things, too. Like, if, you know, they have an indie game, and they're like, oh, you know what? We're gonna drop, uh, we're gonna drop this on Micro Nintendo for, like, first-party exclusive for, like, three to six months. We'll give you the, uh, we'll give you the footage and announcement at your event. Like, it's like something they can do, like, show that up. True. Um, yeah, that's true. You have a point. <laughs> well, I mean, E3 is a good concept, it's just it has to do more electronic stuff than just be video games. Like, go back oh, to Oh, in the general sense, yeah. But yeah. it's become so popular for video games that I don't think the other conferences would, um, like, you know, make the same impact, especially now. Because everyone's no, just yeah. wondering what happened to E3. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not mad. I probably won't tune anyway. <laughs> well, I always tune in because E3 always happens around my birthday. This year, it's a couple of days after. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm definitely going to tune in um, just to see what's there. I always tune in just for... Um, well, me, personally, I tune in for the indie games. Um, I like seeing what um, a lot of developers come up with. Um, actually, because of E3, I found out... Um, I found out that uh, there was going to be a sequel to... Um, what was that game? Um, the Wolf Among Us? Yeah, The Wolf Among Us. So, I got, never got a chance to play the first one, but I remember watching E3, mm-hmm. and they announced the sequel. I mean, I haven't heard anything since then, but, you know, still, it's just the fact that I found out, and I wouldn't have found that out if I was watching anybody else's, um, you know, fair. channel. So, yeah, I think E3 is still, you know... I think E3 is still relevant. It's, it is getting less relevant, like you pointed out, but I don't think it's, like, out the park just yet. Not yet. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. Sure. Um, next. Okay, so, for those of you that play um, Outriders on the PC, just, you know, specifically the PC, um, there is a... I don't want to say a glitch. It's more like... Um, it's like advice, like hardware-wise, to sort of um, stop the game if, or help the game if it gets like a little laggy or whatever the case. Um, so, Outriders, uh, the online shooting, looting, and superpower slinging game from People Can Fly, finally has a way to pause. But to do it, you'll need to be using an Nvidia graphics card. Um, despite working as a single-player game, Outriders requires an internet connection to play, which means pausing in the middle of a battle was impossible until this workaround. Even with your menu open, enemies could still attack you. Using Ansel, which is a feature of NVIDIA GeForce RTX graphics cards that enables a kind of photo mode even in games without one built in, you can quote-unquote pause Outriders by pressing Alt-F2 on the fly and uh, get up and take care of business. 
Because Antel is specific to the NVIDIA's GeForce Experience software, pausing is limited to PC players, which means anyone playing on console or with a different brand of graphics card is out of luck. Uh, the handling of pausing and single-player content in Outriders is similar to Destiny 2, to which it shares some aesthetic and mechanical similarities. Destiny 2 sells a battle pass and yearly expansions with new story content, and it justifies, at least in part, its online-only requirements with the promise of new weekly and monthly changes in the form of live events and other features. The difference is that Outriders is very explicitly sold as a more traditional single-player game, with the game's publisher, Square Enix, addressing the issue on its site. Outriders is a complete experience out of the box, it writes. For some reason, an internet connection is still required which, beyond hindering a basic feature like pausing the game, also seemed to contribute to Outriders' launch on April 2nd being kind of a mess. Players had issues connecting with the game's server to play in single-player and multiplayer, for which developer People Can Fly acknowledged and, apo and apologized publicly. The game seems to be working fine now, and this weird NVIDIA loophole means the experience of playing single-player could be a little bit more comfortable, but Outriders definitely illustrates the ongoing problems of making a game online only. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a bit of complaint of ours. <laughs> what did you why say? Why can't I pause my game? Oh. <laughs> because it's been, a, it's been an issue, like, why can't I pause my game? Why mm -hmm. do I have to play online only? Why I would like to play by myself. I, mean, I don't need, I don't want to play with friends sometimes. Sometimes I want to take on boards alone. Right. Get stuck behind their stupid always on connectivity. It's, it's double annoying because they said that they were supposed to be not a live service game. Right. And these things are very live servicey. You know what I mean? Okay. So, <laughs> it, it's double annoying that way. I guess. But I mean, I, the game, again, the problem is the game is still fun. Which is great. So mm -hmm. it's just like, can y'all please fix some of these things that'll make everybody better and have more fun with the game? But no, we kind of stuck. So. I mean, at least they apologize and everything. I was surprised with that. And then also, um, you know, it. I'm not surprised that their service got so full. I don't think they expected so many people to be into that game. I didn't expect that many people <laughs> to be into that game either. Um, not I, that it's not that it's whack or anything. It's really good. It's just you know, is. It, the, it got popular so quick. <laughs> I think what it is, uh, is uh, Square, or, yes, Phoenix didn't allocate enough servers to begin with. Yeah. So that caused them to not have the server space also. So mm -hmm. it was like, alright, that's one thing too, so. Yep. Um, yeah. Oh, Play Outriders is, is pretty good. I Even though I only played the prologue and maybe like five minutes of like the first like the beginning um i enjoyed it so please give that game a chance you know once they fix it <laughs> bugs, bugs aside and i don't often say this but bugs aside the game is very good like the bugs are things that can be fixed it's not like it's totally broken it's not a sh like the story's fun mm -hmm. but hey, it's worth it take your time out and you know get the demo the demo's still live on on ps4 uh but if you know you check the demo out you See if you like it. If you don't like it, don't play it. If you like it, get it. It's worth it. I right. enjoy it. So. Alright. Um, next. Alright. So. This is, uh. This is for you, Call of Duty Warzone people. Um. Call of Duty Warzone has been dealing with several nagging bugs, with the stim glitch and invisibility exploit being two of the most prevalent. 
With a restrictive meta in place as well, it is hardly surprising that Dr. Disrespect has vented his frustrations about Call of Duty Warzone once again, though this time the cause is a bit different. Uh, for several months now, players have been struggling against a specific skin for Rose called Rook. The skin makes the operator entirely black, with the character mode covered from head to toe in dark gear. With Call of Duty Warzone having realistic lighting, there are plenty of shadowy corners in buildings and under staircases that players can make use of. If they do hide in a corner or under a set of stairs while wearing Rose's Rook skin, they will be entirely invisible. While the outfit has been since uh, removed from the in-game marketplace, it briefly returned to Call of Duty Warzone, allowing more players to pick it up for an in-game advantage. Popular content creator um, and streamer Dr. Disrespect ran into one of these Rose players <laughs> during a recent stream, oh god, with the result being the same as what many others have seen. At about 24 minutes into his stream, Dr. Disrespect is seen fighting enemies as they parachute toward him, racking up several kills. The two-time eventually injures a Rose player, chasing them off the rooftop. The player lands on the lower roof of the Superstore location, with the Doc instantly losing sight of them. Dropping down to keep the fight going, Dr. Disrespect is quickly gunned down by the Rose player. <laughs> so is he mad he got outplayed? Because that's what it sounds like. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, any, anybody else is like, this somebody got me throwing grenades. <laughs> this you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's mad he got outplayed. And, like, it's what happens, what it sounds like. And he's he's done rants before, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to keep reading this. Alright, um, <laughs> completely obscured by the shadows of the rooftop, Dr. Disrespect says, nice rose skin, before going on a rant about the broken cosmetic item. Saying that he can't even see him due to the gray, boring, hardly textured rooftop they were fighting on, the skin user ensured that the doc did not have the best start to his day of streaming. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um... Upon being sent to the gulag, Dr. Disrespect began pointing out textures like floor grates that would easily obscure Rose players. While he eventually continued playing as usual, his outburst was understandable. Not only has this been an issue in the game for several months, but Dr. Disrespect had already <laughs> deleted Call of Duty Warzone out of anger in his previous stream. While he has clearly given it a second chance, the popular streamer cannot seem to catch a break when it comes to the game's overpowered weapons or its unfair operator skins. While Call of Duty Warzone developer Raven Software was able to remove the attack helicopter for causing problems, doing the same with a paid-for skin is not as easy. Still, with a fix promised months ago, Dr. Disrespect and the other fans of the game have every right to be annoyed with the lack of change. That, I can get behind... That's hilarious. When you asked last like months ago, I get that. That's mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. But what I find funny uh, <laughs> is he's mad he got outplayed <laughs> essentially. Like, <laughs> I mean, just like, you saw, get. <laughs> you saw them already. You already saw. You shot them and they were down. <laughs> Tito. Fucking far because they can't fucking run. Tito. They're down. So you throw a fucking grenade. Upset the white streamers. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also yeah, Tito eighty five for that 
It's a very valid point. You can't upset the whites too. <laughs> they don't have fun and they lose all the time. But again, <laughs> if you shot them before and they were down, uh-huh. that means you know they're in the area. Right. And you know they have a skin that can hide in the shadows. Right. So why wouldn't you think to check the fucking shadows? My whole thing is. Flashbang. Get out of fucking. <laughs> As they were falling off of the roof, you knew that the roof was damn near the same color as their skin. So why the hell would you follow them, not knowing where they were? If I'd have done that, I'd have backed the fuck up <laughs> and just like went somewhere else, killed somebody else. Because I mean, after that, you're not going to see them. I and wouldn't. They're going to die or get revived, and they're hiding in the shadow because you know there's a shadow blitz. So fucking move along. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got outplayed. Yeah. And he used the glitch against you, and you can't, you can be mad that it exists, but you can't be mad it happened to you. Somebody exploited it, and you didn't think about it. Like, that's. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny to me. And it's funny <laughs> that he rage deleted the game, but you know, whatever. Good for him. You should. If you rage deleted once, you no longer can complain when you bring it back a second time. Because you know what you're in for. Exactly. You're in for some bullshit. So, like. It's not like the rose skin just came out. I mean, I'm pretty... I think it was there when he, um... Yeah, it was there when he first played. So, like, why would you come back? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, he's low-key aware, though, so... That was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, um... So, next, um... So, Sony had released, um... Which PlayStation games aren't going to be available um, after the PSP Vita and the PS3 digital stores close? Um, and some of them aren't available elsewhere, like at all. Um, I'll give like a few examples. Um, well, just to let you guys know, this is going to start July second. Once it's July second, then that's it for these games. Um, a few examples. Uh, well, sorry, no. July 2nd is PS3 and PSP first, and then August 27th, that's when the video games are going. So, a few examples, um, are the Infamous Festival of Blood, Echo Chrome 2, Luminous Supernova, The Last Guy, Rain, Trash Panic, Pixel Junk Racers, Tokyo Jungle, TXK, and Motorstorm RC. Um... That's just a few examples. If you want, like, the entire list, because it's a huge list. Um, it's, like, 138 games, which I'm not going to read all of these games. But if you want to know, um, you know, you can just email me or just, um, you know, message the, um, message the podcast. I have, um, a link for, like, donations and all the other stuff if you guys want, um, you know, to donate to the podcast. But if you want the full list, just you know, just email me. I or reach out to me on Twitter. It's um, Lilac Boots on Twitter. 
Um, my email is lilacboots at gmail.com. Um, yeah, that's about it. But yeah, it's 138 games. Um, there's like four Hot Shots games on here. Well, actually, they're packs. Um... I can't hear you, Frank. To be fair, most of these games that they're selling, that they're not showing on the PS Store, uh -huh. they all have, they all exist somewhere else on PS4 in a better format. Like, okay, we, like, okay, Hot Shots Golf. There's a Hot Shots Golf update on yeah. the PS4. So, like, if you want to play Hot Shots Golf, mm -hmm. play the goddamn new one. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is on Tito, it's on Switch, but, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, Bomberman but, Ultra? I don't know. I mean, like, I'm just, like, there's a lot of games, but, like, some of these games that people are going to say are missing is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. A game that you weren't even asking about or checking for to begin with. Okay. Whole Blood makes sense because it's DLC for, um, it's DLC for <laughs> Tito. But if you don't have... Tito, if you wanna, sorry, right, Tito, if you wanna come on next week, I have absolutely no problem bringing you on. <laughs> so just let you know. Go ahead, Frank. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, you're good. Um, if they, uh, if if you know, the game most of the stuff are taken off the PS3 store, you probably weren't checking for it anyway. That's like the biggest thing for me. It's like I know it's, it sounds bad at first, but like if you really think about it, were you really checking for Hot Shots Golf too? I wasn't. Right, so like, are you really? When's the last time you touched your PS3? I don't. I never had a PS3. Oh, but I mean, let yeah, 360. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you touched your 360? <laughs> I traded it in for my <laughs> Xbox One. There's a really low chance that people really have PS. But like to it. be fair, because I have an Xbox, I can go back and play those games that I had on the 360 though. So, it's not the same situation for me. I understand what you're saying completely, because this list doesn't look... I don't recognize... First of all, I don't even recognize half of these games. <laughs> so, that's number you know one. Like, don't get outraged at it for no reason. Like, if... I can see if they're like, we're shutting down the PS4 store because we got the PS5. Yeah, that's kind of old. Then get outraged. Now, it's going to get you. <laughs> but, like, when's the last time you see anybody crack a video? Like, that, that's not... That's like, true. So that wasn't like, that popular it. anyway. I wish it got. I wish it was popular, man. Was it good? I never. I never got the chance. It was. It was. They could have did more with it. Okay. It, it was ahead of its time, almost. In, in Just like the PSP. <laughs> yeah, and you know Sony being like Google it doesn't jump immediately. They drop the shit. So. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. So. Sorry. Okay. So. There is an advocacy group that has an issue with, um, if anybody knows, um, this, it's not out yet. It's an upcoming tactical first-person shooter, um, called Six Days of Fallujah. Oh, or Fallujah. Yes, that is a problem. Um, so, the Council on American-Islamic Relations, a Washington, D.C.-based civil rights and advocacy group for Muslims, is asking Valve, Microsoft, and Sony to refuse to distribute Six Days in Fallujah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's how you say it. Um, an upcoming, maybe, <laughs> an upcoming tactical... I, I don't disagree with them. Okay. Yeah, an upcoming tactical first-person shooter uh, based on the second battle of Fallujah, one of the bloodiest battles of the Iraq War. 
Um, quote, we call on Microsoft, Sony, and Valve to ban their platforms from hosting Six Days in Fallujah, an Arab murder simulator that will only normalize violence against Muslims in America and around the world. Um, Care Research and Advocacy Coordinator um, Huzaifu Shabazz said in a statement, the gaming industry must stop dehumanizing Muslims. Video games like Six Days of Fallujah only serve to glorify violence that took the lives of hundreds of Iraqi civilians, justify the Iraq war, and reinforce anti-Muslim sentiment at a time when anti-Muslim <laughs> bigotry continues to threaten human life. Um, Six Days of Fallujah was originally announced in 2009, but the controversial subject matter led publisher Konami to step back from the project, effectively halting it. Developer Atomic Games was unable to find a new publisher and went out of business in 2011, although its website, complete with a commitment to finishing the game, remains. In uh, February, Six Days was unexpectedly reannounced with development now in the hands of a new studio, Highwire Games, and a new publisher, Victor, founded uh, by former Atomic Games CEO Peter Tomt. Highwire and Victor have described Six Days as a thoughtful game that will tell a story featuring service members and civilians with diverse experiences and opinions about the Iraq War. With documentary segments on many tough topics, including the events and political decisions that led to the Fallujah battles as well as their aftermath. But it seems that the game will be sanitized to some extent. Players will not be able to use white phosphorus munitions, for instance, despite long-standing admissions that the U.S. used it as an incendiary weapon during the Fallujah battles. The greater complaint, however, is that the Six Days will present a sympathetic, pro-American perspective on a battle that caused the deaths of hundreds of Iraqi civilians. Industry analyst Daniel Ahmad described Six Days as a shallow attempt at explaining away the illegal Iraq war and trying to recruit people to the army. And as we said in March, it looks a lot like Call of Duty, despite the purported commitment to authenticity and multiple perspectives. It's a tactical shooter built around the experiences of U.S. Marines, and that's what appears to truly inform the gameplay. Um, Six Days of Fallujah is expected to be out later this year, although a firm release date hasn't been set yet. Fuck that game. <clears throat> that's it. I got nothing else. Okay. It's really, it's, I mean, there's a billion shooters out there. You don't have to fucking, you don't have to do six days of Fallujah, man. You don't need to do that. Fuck that game. There's nothing good, like, that was, I think that was what, I think that was the same uh, battle that Black Hawk Down, the movie, came out of. Oh, really? I think so. Don't quote me that. I could be wrong. Uh, somebody will fact check me on that. But, yeah, that's a stupid game. You don't need to fucking make that. That's fucking stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> because they're right. Like, there's no reason to make six days in Fallujah. I mean, like, if, Call of Duty makes fake wars when they use when they do like modern. That's shit. true. And Battlefield makes a fake war when they do modern shit. Mm -hmm. But if they then whenever they grab old shit, they do uh, the big theater war, uh, uh, World War One, World War Two. They don't even bother with fucking Vietnam isn't even touched anymore because it's it's technically you're fighting a bunch of fucking uh, Vietnamese people. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, it's not a good war. So I mean. <clears throat> you know that's it's not a good idea. They should they shouldn't make six days inclusion. Like, yeah, they shouldn't do it. They should not do that. So I don't support that game. So. All right. Um. All right. Next. So all right for my Mass Effect fans. All right. So the new Mass Effect Legendary Edition info reveals Mass Effect Three um, has undergone significant changes, particularly involving its controversial ending and how to achieve different endings. 
uh, is almost here, and Bioware has shared new details about how it has reworked the games in the remastered trilogy. Mass Effect 3 has under undergone a lot of significant changes, um, and um, despite being a collection of all three games, Mass Effect Legendary Edition cuts out Mass Effect 3's multiplayer. Although many have written it off as something tacked on to Mass Effect 3's original release, the multiplayer in a companion app played an actual role in the game's campaign. Although they could be ignored, these two factors impacted the final hours of the game in a tangible way by increasing a player's galactic readiness for the Reaper invasion. With those elements absent in the remastered collection, Bioware has come up with an alternative. A new EA blog post reveals those who want to uh, get to the better endings after Mass Effect 3's finale will have to either successfully complete virtually everything in the game or play through the entire trilogy in order to improve their galactic readiness to the fullest amount in Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Playing through the first two games and carrying progress over will give players an easier time achieving one of the better endings, essentially meaning that the more content that's completed, the better chance players have at saving the galaxy. Most importantly, the Mass Effect 3 Extended Cuts ending is now the default ending, which overwrote the original Mass Effect 3 ending after its third immense controversy. Multiplayer is not the only thing missing from this collection, as Mass Effect Legendary Edition is also missing DLC. Rather than EA or Bioware being to blame, the reason for the omission is that the original code for Mass Effect Pinnacle Station was corrupted with no retrieval backups. While not impossible, it would reportedly take Bioware six months to make it work, and the studio doesn't believe that's feasible for Mass Effect Legendary Edition's development. At the very least, it's not as crucial to the Ultimate Trilogy ending as Mass Effect 3's multiplayer and mobile app were. Although it doesn't sound to have um, to grind for the best ending in Mass Effect 3, it's a reasonable alternative given the lack of its multiplayer complement. It's not entirely clear how many hours it will take to achieve the best ending, but it's not a shock that Bioware made this change given all of Mass Effect Legendary Edition's overhauls. Whether or not this will frustrate players or incentivize them to do as much as possible remains to be seen, but that frustration may be overlooked by fans who have asked for these remasters for so long. When is this supposed to come out? <clears throat> That's a good question. I actually don't know. I know they're definitely working on it. I just... I don't know at all. I never played Mass Effect, so I was thinking about getting it. Because it'd be something that I've never played, so. Oh, it says May 14th here. May 14th? Mm-hmm. So that's okay. next month. Alright, yeah, so. I mean, I played the first one. I. I mean, I didn't finish the first one. I'm nowhere near finished the first one. I started it. Um, I got to the point where I specifically remember this scene where you're walking into the hallway and you basically almost get jumped. <laughs> I mean, there's like people waiting a, with I guns. I loves it. He swears by it. He fucking loves it. Breadman. I mean, I'm giving it a shot. Yeah. Not, not Breadman. I've never... It's not him, actually. It's, really? Um, he was telling me to play that game for the yeah. longest. Uh, he might be a little bit. I've never heard him talk about it, though. But oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. But yeah, um... That game, um... I, yeah, I just remember walking to the hallway and getting, like... <laughs> shot at, and I'm like, wait a minute, hold up. <laughs> I didn't know this was this guy's no, game. Mind you, we're indoors. Like, they just started shooting. I'm like, I thought we didn't, <laughs> I thought we didn't shoot like, anyone until we got outside until the, you know. You know, like Jay-Z in the 99 problem video. <laughs> I did not. Okay, I ducked. I mean, I got hit once, but I ducked. 
So, they didn't get me like that. There's a game similar to Death Space coming out for Steam that I remember them showing during the Game Awards. I don't remember what the name of that game was, but it's it looked very similar to Death Space. So mm. sorry, but there is a game coming out soon on Steam that's very similar to it. But it's like they're mostly focused on... It looks like it's mostly focused on horror. That's what it looked like. But everyone was saying, but the but the developers were saying, oh, don't, you know, focus so much on the horror um, elements of it. You know, this is going to be like an RPG type of thing, so... Okay. Listen, whatever you say, developers, I'm just here. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, so, back to Warzone... So apparently people that have been playing Warzone on the console have been stuck in some never-ending update loop uh, where they need to install the update multiple times over. Uh, Raven Software offered everyone a solution to fix this. Um, so since Warzone's update last week, which nerfed the dominant FFA, R, and AUG weapons, some console players have had to install the latest updates over and over. This never-ending update loop has been preventing players from accessing Warzone as the download never completes. Some players reported this issue after the mid-season 2 update dropped, but the issue appears to have cropped up again after the most recent Warzone update. Um, to end the update loop and access the game, some players have reported that they have had to completely uninstall the game and reinstall it. However, Raven Software have now acknowledged the issue in Warzone and have provided a possible solution. Um, talk, uh, excuse me, taken to their official Trello board, Raven Software added a card to their Warzone list that states some players on console are having to reinstall the update multiple times over. So, um, they confirmed that the issue was under investigation and he asked players to refer to, um, this description for a solution. So, okay. They're saying that once you launch the game to go to the DLC management screen from the main menu, this looks like instructions for the PS4 or PS5. Um, after you do that, install both the campaign packs and the special ops packs. And they're saying that um, they emphasize that that should fix the update loop. Um, and they ask them to, um, they ask players to let them know how the results are. They say you can get in touch with them either through their Twitter or their um, Call of Duty Warzone subreddit. Um, while this bug has most often been reported on PlayStation and Xbox, they're saying it's worth trying on the PC, too, if you're having the same problem. Also, if you're having the same issue on Black Ops Cold War, to try the same thing. Um, yeah. So, according to this, they just want you to let, um, let both of them install, launch the game, go to the DLC management screen. You can do that by pressing R3 from either the main, main menu or the settings menu and then install both the campaign packs and then the special ops packs. That's what they're saying. So That's why I only play Cold War. <laughs> I ain't got these problems. I ain't worried about no guns, skins, running around. <laughs> I ain't worried about no update loops. Nah, just give me the Cold War. I'm good for me. Okay. Thank you. Um, and for a final story for the general news, um, so IGN, um, released, uh, well, it's not their trailer, 
but they announced that uh, Sony and the developer Blue Box Game Studios showed off a new cinematic first-person horror survival shooter with a realistic, eerie vibe. It's called Abandoned, and it's being made exclusively for the PS5. So I watched the teaser trailer. Um, didn't really see much. It looks like a creepy forest. And you, and you have a gun in your hand. So... Right, okay. okay. <laughs> right. Because a lot of these survival horror games just put you out there like, oh, here's no weapons. Fuck you. <laughs> right. Like, what the fuck am I surviving then? I'm dead. <laughs> I'm already dead. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, I was gonna bring up Outlast because, um... That game is stupid. Because <laughs> in that game, you can't have a weapon. But in this game, it looks like the exact same thing, but you have a gun. That was the first thing I saw. You have a gun. So, whatever jumps out at you, I'm pretty sure you can shoot at. So, that's first and foremost. Um, but like I said, it was like some creepy forest. Um, they didn't really show what you would be shooting at, potentially. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, according to this person, uh, a bit, uh, excuse me, according to IGN, um, Abandoned follows the story of Jason Longfield, who wakes up in a forest alone with no clue how he got there. As he attempts to find his way out, he uncovers a sinister purpose behind his being brought to the forest and must fight his way to safety. Uh, Blue Box promises that Abandoned will focus on realism and not just visuals. If Jason runs out of breath from sprinting, it will be harder to shoot accurately. And firing weapons will be realistically slow, using the DualShocks technology to add a level of realistic feel to pulling a gun trigger or being hit by a bullet. It uses 3D audio too, which it says will help players accurately know when and where to fire their gun. Um, Abandoned is planned for the end of this year, and Blue Box says it's already running at 60 frames per second and 4K resolution. Um, a full gameplay video is planned for release soon. Oh, there's a trailer, yay! <laughs> <laughs> I hope y'all can hear, if y'all can't hear this, Tito, if you can't hear this, let me know. Yes, and anyone who's listening to the audio, audio version of this, um, if you want to see the, you know, the link, just hit me up on Twitter, I'll send it to you. <laughs> I'll figure it out next time, then. That's fine. But anyway, um, if you can see it, you see the creepy forest. <laughs> This is what I was talking about. Looks extremely creepy. Keep, um, I can hear you. You keep going. Listen to it. Okay. Um, well that's basically um that's basically it for the general news. Um usually around this time we take a thirty second to minute and a half break. Um and uh yeah, we'll be right back. Alright, I'm officially back. <laughs> so, um, normally around this time, for those of you who are watching, um, I'll say the game anniversaries of the day. Um, the person who runs this, the, twi um, the Twitter account, their uh, name is On This Day in Gaming. So if you go on Twitter and you look up On This Day in Gaming, you'll see um, the person put together um, all the game anniversaries for the day. Normally they post around like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. They didn't, didn't seem to do that. They've been posting later lately. So I what I've been doing is just been saying what the game anniversaries were for the day before. So we're just going to do April 10th today. <laughs> okay. So 
Yeah, because I don't have any announcements today. Um, I already said what the games of the month for April were for both the Xbox and the PlayStation last week. Um, I can't think of... Oh, actually, I I will mention something, but I'll save that for the end because it's awesome news. Anyway, alright. So, um, first game... Uh, this is the six-year anniversary of Xenoblade Chronicles 3D for the new Nintendo 3DS. Um, it was released April 10th, 2015. Uh, next, um, it is the 21st anniversary anniversary of Pokemon trading card game for the Game Boy Color. It was released April 10th, 2000. I didn't even know there was a trading card game for the Game Boy Color. I just remember the actual RPG game. <laughs> Pokemon um, game. <laughs> hold on. So you said what? Xenoblade... Why does I need Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. Okay. No, we're good. I, just, I got something. I got an idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Next is uh, the Mario Kart Wii for the Wii. <laughs> was released 13 <laughs> years ago, April 10th, in Japan. So April nice. tenth, two thousand eight. That's not Double Dash, right? That was the uh, that was the one after Double Dash, but before. Uh, I'm I not sure. No, it was fun. I was good at it. I, I like that one. That was a fun Mario Kart. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It was cool. Okay. Um, and finally, uh, it is the one year anniversary of the Final Fantasy VII remake for the PS4. It came out April tenth, twenty twenty. That is not that is not something that needs an anniversary right now. <laughs> Y'all need to let that game live. Jesus Christ. I haven't Anytime, even it's like it's like Square Breeds Final Fantasy Seven something. Like I what do you do what do you do? Like, let that game last, you know what I mean? I mean people like Final Fantasy. I mean you see there's like fifteen of them. <laughs> seven, specifically seven is the one that bothers me because it's like Every time I turn around, it's somewhere. It's just let it go, man. It's, it's oh. already out and remastered. Just, ooh, relax. I mean, yeah, well, it was that popular. It was. Double Dash was dope, though. Mario Kart. Um, okay, so that's it for the game anniversaries. Last piece of news, I actually just read this morning. Um, was about a game that is near and dear to me. Yes, I'm going to keep talking about it. It's freaking Dragon Age. I'm going to keep talking about this game until I'm dead. I don't care. <laughs> so, for those of you who know, uh, Dragon Age um, 4 is coming out soon. I'm saying soon because I can't wait for that game to come out. Actually, I don't care when it comes out. As long as it comes out. <laughs> okay, so um, for those of you who follow uh the Dragon Age lore, um, and if you play Dragon Age Inquisition, um, I don't know if I want to do this because it's kind of a spoiler, but basically, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just saw Tito's comment, <laughs> he has a point, <laughs> for those of you who are just listening, Tito basically said, why do they, why do they call it Final Fantasy if there's 15 of them, <laughs> which is, which is a really, really good point, but, um, Anyway, so, alright, if you played Inquisition, there's a certain character in that game who ends up being the actual villain of that game. So the person that you think is the villain is not the real villain. It's the, he's more of like a sub-villain person. The actual villain in that game um, is going to be the actual main villain for Dragon Age 4. Now, um, there's certain groups 
in Dragon Age, um, there's a group called Taventer. If you don't know, Taventer is a group of mages who practice uh, blood magic. Um, a lot of the circles of mages don't feel like that's okay. Um, there's a certain religious group in that game called the Chantry. They don't, the Chantry, excuse me, they don't think that's okay either. So everyone's pretty much in a consensus that Taventers are not okay. They're just, no. <laughs> so, um, basically what I read, um, this morning was that the, um, Taventer group, they, there may be more of a focus on them. Um, if you've played all the Dragon Age games, you've only ever heard about them, or, um, you've maybe met one or two Taventer mages, um, or you've seen them, like, referenced all the time, but it turns out they may actually have you, like, go to Taventer to meet those mages, um, and see, you know, what they're about and everything. Um, that'd be pretty interesting. Uh, one of the characters in Dragon Age Inquisition, his name is Dorian, he was raised in Taventer. Um, but he's not a jerk, so, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, it pretty much shows you that there's more to just because someone's part of a particular group, they're not, you know, totally lame or a piece of shit or a jerk, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm just really excited because it's just adding on to more of the lore. And, um, you know, I just, I can't freaking wait. I've seen pictures, um, I've seen a teaser trailer. Um, I've seen a whole bunch of stuff, and I just, honestly, I just can't wait. So, that was my piece of news that I was excited about. Um, for Dra Dragon Age. This is going to be the fourth Dragon Age game, by the way. So. Uh, we have a shout-out in the in the live chat. Dragman is here. He says, hey. Dragon, you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to repeat what he said, okay? I'm not going to repeat what he said in the audio. If you're watching... He's a jerk, okay? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Dragon Age is great. This is my podcast. Dragon Age is great. Dragon Age is awesome. I don't care. IDC, IDC. <laughs> for those of you listening at home, uh, you can catch us live recording every Sunday. Uh, you can watch it on the Frank Crouch Streaming Network, twitch.tv slash Frank Crouch. Uh, we'll record this live every Sunday. You can be a part of the chat. Um, you can be a part of the, the nonsense that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, so yeah, you know, this stuff on I know. <laughs> I know you're just teasing, Redman. It's okay. Because I'm still going to play that game. <laughs> anyway. Yes. I am part of Frank Graf Streaming Network now for those who are just listening. Um, Frank streams on Twitch. Um, he's also on Twitter. It's still Frank Grouch. Um, same for me. Uh, my name is Lilac Boots. My name is Lilac Boots on Twitch. My name is Lilac Boots on Twitter. Um, I'm sort of testing my streaming capabilities right now, so I may start streaming pretty soon. Maybe in May. Um, I did say April the last time I talked about it, but it doesn't look like that right now. Um, did he just say, how can I apply? Tito, you can just... Okay, for those of you who are just listening, um, someone commented in our live stream, how can they apply? Um, listen, you can just <laughs> you can just hit me up on... Um, oh, he's talking about the... Wait, Tito, are you talking about the streaming network or my podcast? Because now I'm confused. Oh, okay. Well, if you, wanna, if you, you have to ask Frank. Hit us up on Twitter. Yes. Uh, talk to Boots on Twitter. Uh, you know, she'll talk to you more about the details. Mm -hmm. uh, the streaming network, you got to stream. 
Yes. Also, if you're new to the, also if you're new to the podcast, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. I'm starting a um, <laughs> one, of the, one of the cool kids. Um, I am. If you're just joining us as a special guest co-host, um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about your gaming lifestyle. Um, I already asked Frank some questions last week. Um, yeah, you that's got more. I'm down. I have no problem doing. It. I have. Oh, let me see, because I I do have. Um, I do have a lot, actually. I was just trying to keep it, like, you know. <laughs> uh, I'll be listening. I'll be saying this time. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, hang on one second. All right. Uh, I will bring up. I'm going to ask you two, three questions. They're quick. They're not going to be, uh, you know. All right. Let's see. Okay. I'm not going to ask you anything stupid. <clears throat> all right. No, no stupid questions. <laughs> all right. Here's one. Has a game storyline ever made you cry? Uh, yes. What's the name oh, of the game? Wait, wait, wait. I'm typing something at the same oh. time. Uh, but as, <clears throat> while I think about it, I can say yes, but I'm trying to remember what game it was. Okay. Like, <clears throat> I think one was, it was more than one, I can say that much. One was Horizon, uh, that I can remember recently, because that was a pretty good story. Um, what else was good that had a good story? Oh, yeah, yeah, because it. The Yakuza series brings a tear to my eye like all the time. Every okay. time they somehow pull it out, like every <laughs> different story every time, and it's still every somehow one tear. So like they're, they're always good. Uh, I can't remember. It's a lot of like, good writing does it. So I mean, if it's written well, it would work. So you know, I gotta hop on that uh, Yakuza wave. <laughs> Start with. Do yourself a favor and start with zero. I did. I'm actually. I did start with zero. Um, I just. I'm still at the beginning. Okay. Well, he just got blamed for some shit that he did not do. And I know he didn't. You don't have to tell me. I know he didn't do it. <laughs> um, alright. Let me see. Uh, here's a question. What is the longest amount of time you have sat playing games nonstop? 28 hours. Wow, really? Yep. I maxed out at 10. I beat God of War 2 in that time. Wow. I maxed out at 10 hours. I couldn't go past 10 hours. I was, like, really hyped. Really, really hyped. I was young. I had nothing to do. I was just playing the game. Wow. Okay. Um. Let's see. Um. Okay. In your opinion, what is the worst game of all time that you've played? I tend to forget those. <laughs> um, good lord, I really do. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember because I don't remember the bad. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay. Uh, I don't remember the bad ones. I can't. I don't know. Throw some. I don't remember the bad ones. I can't. I don't know. Oh man. All right. Uh, I'll put another question in. Uh, okay. What's the best weapon you've ever used in a game? Overall, like... Just in general. Fuck. Uh, or pick three if you can't choose. <laughs> pick three? Okay. If you uh, can't choose one. <laughs> Alright. The uh, the sword in Halo 2. I actually really fucking like that. As much as I saw from Halo. Okay. The sword from Halo 2 is really fucking dope. That was one of my favorites. Um, 
<clears throat> what else did I want? Uh, let me see. Zero's uh, Z Saber. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, yeah, Z Saber. And. Uh, oh, the, the. There's a game called Wild Nine. It was made by Shiny uh, mm-hmm. for PS1. Uh, and the main weapon was <laughs> the main weapon was an electric claw you could grab enemies with and mm-hmm. you could slam them around and like drag them into like grindy gears and shit. Uh-huh. Well, that's one of my favorite weapons. That, <laughs> that, that claw. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> he would say that for <laughs> favorite weapon. <laughs> Thanks, bud, man. Thank you so the much. Shark, like if, if we're talking favorite Saints Row weapons, like let's just let me just addend them here. In in this question, Saints Row has some outrageous weapons. So like I'm gonna say the weapon choice from Saints Row as a game as a whole, as a series, is the best weapon like selection I've ever seen. Okay. But if I had to pick three from Saints Row, mm-hmm. it'd be the shark gun because I shoot that shit and sharks literally crawl from the streets. Wow. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> wow. Uh, the dildo bat is actually up there because you can smack the shit out of somebody <laughs> and they go a flying with this seven foot purple floppy dildo. <laughs> it's hilarious. And then uh, it's the um, the dubstep gun. You kill people with a beat. I like the black hole cannon because you shoot a black hole and it just sucks everybody in. But the dubstep gun is fucking dope. I might download Saints Row uh, today, actually. Okay. Wow. I'll make it back in there. Those are yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, that's all the questions I have. Did you have anything, Frank? Uh, I don't have any questions or anything. Just uh, I'm excited because baseball is coming out. So. Okay. <laughs> that's about it. All right. Um, I saw what um, Tito wrote in the chat. And... Um, yeah, if Tito, listen, if you want to talk about that or anything, like on um, my next episode, I'm totally down for that. If you want to join, um, so um, yeah, that's all. That's everything I have for this week. Uh, I may have to, you know, do some edits. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. This so is a, this is a very busy podcast. Yeah, well, um, next week will be better. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, but it worked out great. Um. Since um, it's just you know a lot since this is my first time doing just audio and then also doing a live with you guys. So there's people chatting at me and there's you know I can see everyone's chat and then there's other people listening who can't see the chat. So, um, yeah. So if you when you cut it off, I have some pointers for you. Got it. All right. Well, um, everyone who's listening, thank you so much. Um, and maybe I'll see you next week. Maybe I'll see you in two weeks. Not sure. But, um, I also want to thank, um, if I already thanked you guys last week, I believe so. I want to thank Austria and the United Kingdom. Um, I recently got some streams from that area. Um, and that was really cool. So, everybody that, um, is listening, thanks so much. Uh, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.